0: Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at The Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 45, I am delighted to be joined by one of Ireland's young and upcoming athletes, Kira Neville. In this episode, we discuss all things training and routine, setbacks and success, dealing with injuries, signing with Puma, and so much more. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with Kira, so I hope you enjoyed the episode.
1: Kira, thanks a million for
0: coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, I'm excited.
0: Would you be able to give yourself a bit of an introduction to the audience who might not know who you are?
1: Yeah, my name is Kira Neville and I am 21 years old from Limerick and I do athletics, specifically the 100 metres uh, with a few 60 metres and a few 200 metres thrown in there. But yeah, I'm a third year student in sport and exercise science in UL, so that's me. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. We're gonna get in get into everything. Um, growing up, why running? Uh, I know you you did a couple of sports. I was watching the Avonmore protein milk ad. What kind of drew yourself <laughs> to the running?
1: Um, it was actually my best friend in school. She lives like literally just across the road from me. But her mom was the athletics coach down in UL, so we used to just go down like messing after school and like running around and just like annoying her while she was trying to coach, basically. <laughs> like, but then but then we um. So then we got involved in the community games, like with our, with my local parish. And then, so we used to do like relay teams and stuff like that. And then I just stuck at it and like, cause all my friends kind of started doing it as well. So like we had such a laugh, like, you know, um, yeah. doing it like that. It was a bit more chilled than like the, like GA team because like, okay. you know, the way it's a big team, like, you know, like if everyone's talking, that's not going to go down well. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's how it started. And then I kind of just stuck with it, to be honest, like I was doing a bit of everything. Until I was, I'd say, 15 or 16, um, I kept the hockey and the Gaelic football until then. Um, and then I kind of just, that was my favourite. I don't know, team sports maybe wasn't for me, I like preferred the individual. Okay. But um, yeah, I stuck with it um, and ever since, kept going.
0: Brilliant. Uh, how come, why do you think the team sport wasn't for you? I'm just interested because I know you do the relay. So how do you find maybe as an individual athlete going into the relay?
1: yeah I don't think it's that like it doesn't suit me or that I don't like and I just found that I think having just me myself like being you know it's my responsibility to get yeah. you know like it's not anyone else's um I think that's just what I liked most about it that it was just like okay. me putting in the hard work as opposed to relying on someone else but I think um the relay team like everyone is so 100 percent, 100 percent focused on their own training when we come together so then Works well, whereas you know, yeah. on a GA pitch, you might have someone who was out the night before, like in this black yeah. pitch, like yeah. where like you're, think... you're just
0: you're looking at the one who's doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think that's just what that's what drew me to it. Yeah,
0: so you kind of went through secondary school. I think you went correct me if I'm wrong at the European Youth Olympics. Is that the competition you won when you're about 15 or 16?
1: 15, yeah, in 2015. That was it. Yeah, what was that like? Oh, it was unreal. Like that, that year was my first year representing Ireland. um I had like kind of a breakthrough um, in the indoors of 2015 and so then I qualified for the European juniors as well that that same year they were on about two weeks before it Mm -hmm. and I was only 15 and it was under 20s like so I was just going like you know I'll just go and you know a bit of experience see how I get on (laughs) get on like so I actually got out of the heat and made it to the semi-final so I was actually buzzing like and then I came home and we literally had like one day to like wash all my clothes repack my bag and get back up to southern airport to go out to the european youth like so i think having that competition beforehand like gave me a bit of confidence and kind of had me prepared for the european youth like so i went out there and it was all like my friends like we were all the same age and we'd be at the schools competitions together like so we had a bit of crack like we were there for about two and a half weeks like um yeah so yeah that was just unreal like literally was probably it- one of the the best trips like because you have so many different sports shown in, t- in there together like so yeah it was just class experience
0: yeah I was chatting to Amy O'Donohue about it and she was like it's kind of it's obviously the mini version of the Olympics because and you said it's really cool because you've athletes from loads of other sports and then it's just you mentioned there you've you're having the crack with people you you're used to racing against and it's kind of a two and a half week holiday but you race in the middle.
1: Yeah yeah and there's only one person per event as well so you're actually not even racing against anyone on the team like it's just one person from oh, per okay. and then yeah and I actually still like kind of meet people from it now like from like swimming and like cycling and stuff like that and it's so funny like you meet them in the institute and you're like god like so people haven't changed in the slightest because it was not like nearly <laughs> seven years ago like and some yeah. people look the exact same it's hilarious, but
0: yeah that's good and what was it like obviously getting to the podium and hearing the anthem and seeing the flag did Did you cry or were you did you hold it together
1: i held it together quite <laughs> just about i'd say like it's more like a shock like i wasn't really expecting it. kind of came around like so quick you know like not so quickly but I was kind of only getting going like in my athletics career like I think
0: yeah
1: I had only given up like hockey and football like during the year that year and then that was in the summer just before I went into TY I think it was um so yeah it was just a bit surreal to be honest like it took a while to sink in like and then it just made me hungry for more to be honest
0: Yeah. How did you find in secondary school, kind of trying to balance everything, like obviously secondary school is a busy time where it's academics, as you said, you had other sports, then your, you know, social life starts to kind of develop. How did you find having to balance the commitment of training among everything else?
1: Yeah, it's a funny one because like you've so much going on and like your lives are almost like two separate things. Like the teachers don't really know about like the sports that go on outside of school. Like athletics wasn't really... School sport, as per se, like mod, like okay. people who wanted to do an athletics in school actually came to like my club training on a Wednesday. Like that was how it worked. Like so. Oh, okay. Uh so yeah, I think I played a bit of hockey with the school, kind of in TY, just because we not else you know like two days off school. Like yeah. it wasn't too bad. And then yeah. I suppose fifth and sixth year, like, is where it winds up a bit. Um, and like to be honest, athletics was my number one priority, not school. Not school. Like okay. I obviously. Tr- tried to do my best in school as well but um a few of the teachers weren't, weren't too excited about that like when I was missing days in school to go away to competitions and stuff like um one of my teachers actually told me to give running a backseat. like and he was forever and my, my my least favorite teacher after that moment like I think he was yeah. new in the school so didn't really know like he didn't really know anything about me only that like teachers were saying oh yeah she was missing school but like I remember going to a competition in I think it was the European Indoors in March twenty seventeen. So no actually March twenty eighteen. So it was just either before or after my freeze, I can't even remember. But I actually brought like school books with me, like to do work and everything like so Oh
0: wow. I tried to You're keep the school admit. going, like
1: but um, yeah, athletics is always the number one
0: yeah yeah and what was it like with your friends trying to balance that because i suppose you know 15 16 probably a couple of parties and going out and stuff but obviously when you're committed like you said there if you race or competition were they fairly understanding with you know you're committed to to running here
1: yeah most of my friends from school actually they did athletics but they all gave it up but when we were i'd say yeah like 15 or 16 you know when the parties eighteens and all that start happening like but yeah they kind of knew the commitments life so they weren't like forced me to go out or like you know like they just understood so um it wasn't too bad in that way but uh yeah I suppose like it was just kind of picking and choosing really like you know I might go to the odd 18th but or like most of the time I would just kind of go for an hour or two and not drink and go home okay. um so yeah it's kind of just prioritizing your life and kind of organizing everything to see what fits in but Yeah, I didn't. I actually, it's funny. Like, I don't mind not going out or anything like that. Like, I'm happy. It's not like it's a sacrifice. And people are like, "Oh, you must hate missing out." Like, and I'm like, "No, not really." Okay. (laughs) Like, I enjoy going out with my friends for like dinner and stuff. Instead, like, I'd much prefer that. Like, then you know, being out all night, like, sleep is far too important for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you obviously then just your love of athletics shines out because I was actually going to ask: Do you ever get jealous of? I suppose missing out on the typical teenage or college experience but it sounds like you're you're fairly content getting the full night's sleep and getting up for training
1: yeah no I don't mind too much like and like we have like you know a month off season so it's nice then to I suppose go out with my friends and catch up with people from school and stuff like that who I wouldn't bump into all the time so yeah yeah it is nice to kind of have live a normal life a bit like for the bit of the off season but I'm happy to come back into training then after that
0: yeah, good, good. I want to talk to you a little bit about the World Relays, or the relay team in the under-20s. Um, that must have been summer of Leaving Cert, was it? Or my a year early?
1: Um, Summer of Leaving Cert, yeah, 2018. Yeah, I just finished my Leaving Cert. Talk
0: us through that experience. Silver medal, that was pretty cool, I have to say.
1: Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was just, yeah, it was class-like. um, I did the individual in the 100 and 200. Yeah, um, I was... I remember I was really happy with my heat to get of the one hundred to get out of the to get out of the heat in the semi and then I was kinda of disappointed with the semi. So I was like, Oh, I'll just go do the two hundred to clear my head like so I actually didn't do the heat of the relay because mm-hmm. I had the two hundred after it, I'm gonna say, but we kinda knew that like our team was really strong and that we would make it through the through the final pretty easily if everything went according to plan. So I stepped in for the final and yeah, I was it was just unbelievable to celebrate together like we've been as a team like I've been doing the relay team since 2015 and we always like you know we always were just there thereabouts and missed out like in 2015 we came fourth in the juniors 16 we came fifth in the world 17 we came fourth in juniors again so 18 we were just so happy to be on the podium it was just unbelievable
0: yeah what's it like coming forward today it's fairly heartbreaking
1: yeah, the first year we were actually kind of happy to come forward because it was our first year. We were like, you know, we were, we saw it as like a big achievement to come come in the top five. And then mm-hmm. the following year for the World Juniors, that was the world. We were such a young team. So fifth, we were happy with. But then in 17 coming forward, like we were absolutely gutted. like we didn't have a great like race together. Like there was a few kind of just mid and the bat changes. So that kind of just hurt a little mm-hmm. more annoying that we couldn't have came third. So to follow up with second next year, which was unbelievable. Yeah we felt like we did it for like everyone who's been through the the relay system because obviously the you know some people are out of age and all that like as you move you know Mm -hmm. they're in in age one year and then next year they're two old so yeah it was Mm -hmm. unbelievable and for the coach as well like she's been the same coach up and through the years so yeah it was just class.
0: That's something I noticed as well with the Olympics and a number of the events this year and last year Irish Athletics seems to really be putting itself back on the map, like that relay performance 2018, now we saw obviously the guys in the Olympic final this year, Irish athletics just seems to be on the rise with just the the likes of yourselves, the younger ones, maybe the ones mid-20s, that are just flying at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think everyone is getting inspired by each other. Like I think that second place for us inspired a lot of people and kind of showed that like, if we actually put money and like focus on the relay teams, that we can do something special. And then that's just inspiring everyone, really, because everyone wants to be on the relay teams or be there mm-hmm. at the championships individually as well. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just great for everyone really to be pushing each other on, even in different events.
0: To get a silver medal, obviously it takes a lot of training. Can you take us through what it actually takes for yourself, like sort of a weekly schedule that you have?
1: Yeah, so it kind of changes um, throughout the year. I mean, yeah, like at different stages of the year. So like winter training, we just start off with, of getting the fitness back and like getting the legs moving again and getting all the strength work in the gym and so that's kind of everyone's least favorite part like it's the winter nights and the mud on the grass and all that like we're used to the track not the mud. but um yeah it it kind of most most of the time works out at about six track sessions or sometimes five over coming up to a competition and about two gym sessions a week so um, we one day off some two days we have two two sessions of the day so it can be busy like those days two days that you have two sessions kind of have to be sorted out with my college timetable just to make sure that I can fit them both in with you know having rest and stuff in between but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's just yeah like time management so that just kind of takes me through like figure it out but it's almost like the days you have the day off like you don't know what to do with yourself like like I don't have anything really because <laughs> usually the weekend like so you're like oh a full day to relax like so yeah nice to have that as well but yeah
0: what do you do to like on those rare off days what do you do to relax
1: I'm a big big coffee fan like going for coffee right. with like my friend or my mom or something like that Like that's just like my favorite thing to do outside of training so yeah definitely spend like at least an hour sitting outside the coffee shop just you know, chatting and catch it up on the week and all that but yeah going to the cinema missing that now because of COVID like I haven't gone since yeah. but going to the cinema uh, with my friends in the evening and a bit of shopping thrown in there is how it usually goes and sitting on the couch watching Netflix of course
0: yeah 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 of course <laughs> and how do you find like the ba- how do you balance not burning out because suppose you say there you've one day off a week some days you're doing double sessions like obviously for some people that that's like I would find that extremely overwhelming I wouldn't be able for it but how do you manage to keep that sustainability going and not kind of burn out and with everything that you're doing
1: yeah i think it's just about like building it up and building up the tolerance like when we first go back trading in the winter we might just start off with like three days running that week and then the next mm-hmm. maybe add in three and then a gym session then build it back up and like the six days that we're running like one of them might be really easy like it could just be a warm-up and some strides um and like we wouldn't have two hard sessions back to back so i think it's just about planning, really which, really, which is like my coach would do all that. So um, I just listen to her and do what I'm told.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, you like, like talking to you here, you have an extreme work ethic. Like your attitude is just, I just can feel like the relentlessness is through it. Do you think you're always, do you, did you always have that? Were you born with it or was that something you had to develop over time?
1: Um, I'd say I was born with it. Like I was very competitive and like driven in what I did. Like I would never do anything like half or like 50% okay. measures. like um, but I think it's something that does develop as well as you get older and get like more into the sport and like when you kind of see the success it makes you more driven again like so I think I was definitely born with it and had it all along but I think in the past few years it's definitely gotten more pronounced and stronger just because you wanted it even more I suppose.
0: Okay and is that just through like as you said there do you find yourself more motivated by success or maybe like a setback or failure?
1: I think a bit of both to be honest like the success makes you want more success but then the setbacks like the injuries just make you want to get back to that level as opposed to just giving up or whatever so I think it's a bit of both to be honest for me anyway.
0: Okay and how do you deal with setbacks because I know we were speaking you have a hamstring injury at the moment Um, how do you deal with that sort of side of not being able to do what you love which is running and training?
1: Yeah it's the worst part of the sport really but it's just kind of part and parcel over at the same time, especially like sprinting, like it's the just the hamstrings and all like those are the so pronounced in sprinting. Um, so, yeah, it's just about kind of working with your team and keeping focus on the goal and kind of setting many, mini, mini challenges like really so that you can have still have something to focus on as opposed to just sitting back and waiting for it to fix itself. Like it's more about doing exercises and little challenges that will help it help it get better and then help you to be stronger when you come back. So it's just trying to keep focused, I suppose, but it definitely does get tough at some stages, like especially when it drags out fairly long and, you know, you might have like good news one day, but then the next week you might get bad news about it again. So yeah, it's definitely challenging, but something that I suppose you have to get used to in the sport. Um and just keep thinking about the good days ahead and making yourself just want it even more to get back in to that level and that
0: Mm-hmm. do you keep any sort of a diary or journal whether it's training or just trying to balance the injuries and you said they're kind of setting yourself mini goals or challenges
1: yeah I keep a training diary um you know just logging my training so I can look back like and see you know did I have a good week or a bad week but uh throughout the injury I kind of just abandoned that a bit because it was just kind of get, getting almost annoying like writing down like nothing today or like it was sore today doing this like so I just kind of more so kept like notes on my phone of like what I wanted to achieve that week and just kind of keeping like screenshot of my like gym rehab and all that as opposed to kind of documenting each day because I found that was actually like getting me more bogged down than not having it at all so I'll definitely go back to training diary when I go back to full training but um for now it's just here and there kind of bits and pieces in my phone
0: yeah very good do you have sort of any daily habits or routines that you go through whether it's through injury or not through injury
1: not really to be honest like I'm not really like a superstitious or like that kind of person um I try to keep my routine fairly the same to be honest like I like I like having a routine I like knowing what I have to do next the next day like I'll try to have the week full week planned out almost um obviously things come in and out like change fairly quickly but uh definitely a coffee is one of the only things I say that stays constant every day but um yeah like I don't have anything too too rigid like it's just get up breakfast coffee and then go about my day.
0: I loved discussing sort of pre-game or pre-race routine from an individual point of view I'm always interested in sort of the preparation you're not superstitious but do you have anything particular maybe in a week up to a competition or the day of the race?
1: Uh, yeah, the week up is just kind of running up to is just focusing on my nutrition and my sleep and my recovery because the training in the week leading up to a race is it's fairly fairly low. Like we just kind of okay. fine tuning things like block starts and just kind of recovery sessions like that. um So the day of the race, then I, I'll always have my gear like laid out the night before, you know, like the bag packed and I'll have my my race kit ready to go. Um, and then the day of the race funny because it changes a lot like you could have like a really late race or you could have like a 10 a.m race so a 10 a.m race usually is just like a really quick makeup routine and out the door like whereas like we could be in different countries and we have a race we mightn't have to leave the hotel until like five or six in the evening like so that's just kind of all about chilling in the morning and then spending about an hour doing my makeup which I can do (laughs) in about five minutes like and blaring out the music and just having a bop around the room but that can be funny as well because sometimes you can be thrown into a room with somebody who doesn't even speak English so yeah that can be interesting but for the most part it's just me dancing around the room doing my makeup before I go to right. the chat.
0: What kind of music are you listening to for a race?
1: I'm a bit of everything like I'm not like I'm not someone who would listen to like uh too much of like Drake and all that like you know the yeah
0: the hype sort um, of stuff
1: yeah, I'm more of just like whatever's in the top 50, to be honest, like, you know, like okay. singing along, having a good box, like, as opposed to me rapping, around, <laughs> rapping and all that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just go whatever's going.
0: And do you prefer those morning race with the five minute makeup or do you like kind of the hanging around one?
1: I don't mind uh, the morning ones, they to not too early, like if you don't have to travel too far. Um, right. Usually the morning ones, you'd have a second race that day. So they're more like the kind of national ones where you have the heat in the morning and the final in the evening or the international ones as well. But when you're on the European circuit and that, it's usually in the evening and that's usually when you're away as well. So yeah, I don't mind. I actually don't mind either. To be honest. I don't know if I have a preference. Um, maybe there's kind of more of a buzz I suppose, in the evening ones. Like there's usually like music and stuff and I got a lot of crowd and stuff. Whereas I don't think there's much going to be in Sanctuary on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy with both to be honest.
0: do you find then sort of balance and you mentioned there you're in the call room maybe for a race or in a room with whoever when you make friends with obviously the Irish the Irish athletes but from other countries how do you balance having friends and like who are your competitors when you line up and in the blocks like obviously you're racing against one another for there's only three medals so there's only three winners do you know what I mean
1: yeah yeah, it's funny. Um, you kind of I personally am friends too much with anyone that I race against from different countries in my event. Like okay. you chat and say hello and all that. Like you might give them the Insta like or a comment, a comment oh, or right. something <laughs> like that. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too friendly with anyone internationally in my race. Um, I'd be friendly with a few of the British girls, but other than that, not too much. But like you make friends kind of with other events, almost like um, okay. just from going to the same meet Like I was at a couple of meets um in january we went like from austria to czech republic and you make friends with people who are going to the same meet as you almost like there was someone with coming with us from from the uk going from the austrian meet to the next meet so you're on the train together or you're in the taxi together so you make friends that way um yeah as opposed to kind of in the world and in the college
0: yeah, yeah, you don't, you just give it your dagger eyes and you just don't want to look at you like but how do you, How do you find then as an individual sport? Like, I'm terrible, I'm so bad at comparing myself or my team to another team. How do you find then seeing other people train, like, let's say on Instagram, you know, the way everyone loves those like highlight reels? Look what I was doing this week, all my PBs. How do you find that? Because I remember listening to it, could have been Dina Asher Smith, and she was saying at some points, I think she deletes Instagram or something, or she doesn't follow her competitors. How do you find? Trying to balance that whole side of things.
1: Yeah, I actually listened to that too. I think it was Dean Ashmit. It was a podcast. She said, I think she either mutes them or doesn't follow her competitors. I think something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't follow too much of my competitors. Really, like um, not like not because I don't want to see their posts, just because just I don't like you know. Yeah. But But um, I find you. You think you kind of have to just remind yourself that people are putting up like the highlights of their week, like like every week doesn't look like that and every session definitely doesn't look like that like definitely low points too um so i think it's just taking with a pinch of salt salt, really um like i don't put up too much like of my training on instagram i'm just like and it's not because i don't want to or i'm just like reels just aren't what i do i can't make (laughs) that like that it just takes too much effort to actually plan i need someone to video this for me like um yeah so yeah i think just taking what people put up with a pinch of salt like um Right. and not really get bogged down with it
0: yeah so you don't you find that you don't really compare yourself to others really
1: yeah I feel like sometimes you obviously do you're like oh god like they're lifting this in the gym and I'm only lifting this but yeah like everyone has different bills everyone has different things that work for them like what someone else does that's not going to work for me and vice versa so you think you just need to kind of keep reminding yourself of that
0: yeah absolutely something that's become really popular especially on instagram you see it a lot is visualization is that something you practice maybe before a race
1: yeah definitely um like you always want to like visualize, I visualize visualize myself coming out of the blocks um and like you want to visualize the perfect start um okay and just see it happening in your head so that when you come to the actual race like you're like i've done this a thousand times i've seen this a thousand times so, like you know exactly what you have to do i think it just makes it easier um and i think like people like I, I don't know, like but there's like studies that say if you visualize that it actually visualize visualize yourself winning that it actually makes like it more of a chance that you will win and all that but obviously yeah. that's sort pinch of pinches out too like if I visualize myself yeah. winning the Olympics, I don't think it's gonna come <laughs> true straight away yeah. Like. Yeah. but um yeah, I think it's it's not even like intentional. I think you just like find yourself thinking about the race like and picturing it in your head as opposed to like me like, hey, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna visualize the race for five minutes, if you know what I mean yeah.
0: Yeah, is you you kinda of do that probably when you're dancing around the room before doing your makeup. Yeah. I'd say that pops yeah. into your head a bit where you're like yeah. Yeah. two hours before a race, I'm gonna go in and get a good start and keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And how do you find like lining up in the blocks and in the car room or any part of the day, do you get really nervous before a race or by now do you just feel like, Oh, this it's nearly like your second home, you're just like, Yeah, here's another race, here's another day.
1: Yeah um, I definitely used to get really nervous and it would almost like take over my race like okay I remember in 2017 um, it was the European Juniors and I had one of the fastest times going into the competition one of the fastest times in Europe for the under 20s um, and I just got so nervous the competition like I barely made it into the final I think I came seventh in the final um, so that like was just nerves like I was nervous and that just completely affected my competition but I think since then I've learned to kind of handle it. And nowadays I actually get, like, excited. I'm, like, sitting around and like, okay. like, can we go now? I'm just excited <laughs> to go. Um, so it turns into more excited, excited energy. But I think nerves are good. Like, to have some bit of nerves, definitely, like, you know, it's just, like, it's different to training. Like, it just makes you excited to go and ready to go as opposed to just being, like, every other day. Um, yeah. But, yeah.
0: And is that, you said you learned there from, like, you used to be nervous and now you're not really you're excited is that just you learning from experience or was there certain techniques you used or is it just over time you just kind of mature
1: I think it's a bit of both to be honest like definitely over time like I was 17 then so you know you get more experience along the way as you go but I think just like consciously like reminding yourself like you are capable of this and like look what you've done you know in training and like reminding yourself that you're ready for this um mm-hmm. like there's nothing to be nervous about like just go out give it your best i think so it's definitely a bit about like just kind of consciously reminding yourself but then that kind of comes at age like now you don't have to constantly think about it when you're you know you've picked up more experiences along the way
0: mm-hmm. i remember watching the european indoors I think it was in january february but i was watching particularly the 60 meter um the six meters sprint and I was interested kind of when everyone lined up in the blocks and you're waiting for the the like hooter or whistle or going or whatever it is to go what do you what do you actually think about is it just like are you just in completely in the zone in the moment or are you just thinking about kind of what's ahead
1: um yeah this year is funny like I was literally thinking like here just get the line in one piece like I'd pulled my oh. other hamstring. Uh, literally exactly a month before, so I was just happy to be there, and um I was happy with how I ran in the heat. Like I was surprised that, considering what I'd gone through in the month leading up to it, that I could actually produce that time. I think it was six hundredths of a second off my PB. um So in the heat, I was like, right here, I just get to the line, like, just finish this in one piece. Like my physio was like, absolutely, she was like, I can sleep peacefully now that you made it without injuring <laughs> <laughs> yourself. Like, but um. But normally, like, and in the semi-final, you're just, like, focusing on yourself. You're completely in the zone. Like, in the 60 metres, it literally goes on for just over seven seconds. If you make one mistake, like, you're gone. Like, there's yeah. <laughs> no yeah. sugarcoating that. Uh, so it's literally just, just focusing on yourself and um, just focusing on the start and getting out as quick as you can and just not worrying about anyone else.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you were in the lane eight for both of those races. What is it like being on the outside lane versus the inside lane?
1: Yeah, it's not too bad because it's a straight line. So like, it's not like in a 200 where you have to go around the bend and all that. Um, yeah. It's definitely one and eight are the worst lanes to be in just because you've no one beside you. Um, okay. And you're kind of stuck with like the cameras and the officials beside you. So yeah, I'd definitely rather be in the middle, but it's it's not like you're not at any disadvantage by being on the outside. Um, so it's not the worst, but yeah, yeah. definitely the middle is more preferable.
0: And in the middle of the race, you said there, like, not to put it lightly, but if you make one mistake, you know, you're gone, you could be even, you could fall or just be disqualified or end. And What do you think about in the middle of the race? But again, just trying to remind myself, it is seven seconds in the 60 metres, and it's probably like 11 seconds under, like under 11 seconds in the 100 metres. What What do you actually think about in the middle of the race? Uh,
1: at the start, you're just like, focusing on getting out of the blocks as hard as you can um to literally just like telling yourself like go 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 <laughs> yeah okay. and then it's it's all about like the transition then so you're transitioning from accelerating into your top flight um and i've just focused like on am pumping my arms and like my coach always tells me that i lean for the line too early so like i'm trying just to keep running through the line and just did with the last second um okay. but it's funny like sometimes someone asks you like oh like what are you thinking about and it tends to happen for me when I have a really good race, that I actually can't remember. I okay. can't remember, what, like, it was this, just like that, like, uh, and it's not that I wasn't thinking I was, but it was just, you can't remember. it's just the weirdest thing ever, like, you're like, that was literally okay. a blur, like, okay. Um. so it's funny, yeah.
0: Is it kind of like that, that flow state people talk about, where you just, like, it doesn't go slow motion, but you're just, like, you're just so in the zone, you just, yeah, as you just, said, you nearly forget about it.
1: Yeah, literally, yeah.
0: And what was it like then having, like, having that full year, I think it was, or nearly a full year, of training at home, knock down, not sure what other thing was going to happen, then everything was cancelled, and then getting to go this year. I'd say that was been pretty good, like, obviously, because you, did
1: you struggle training at home, maybe? For the first few weeks, yeah, for the first few weeks I did, I was like, oh, like, what are we even training for, like, what's the point, like, but then. Yeah. I think after that I kind of just got sick of like doing like not that I wasn't doing nothing but I kind of actually started to enjoy it like and because was nothing else to do really like um so yeah I'm lucky that where I live like there's a lot of green space and my coach literally lived across the road like so she was able to come over like you know after a few weeks when things settled down to just like watch me from a distance so that was nice um and then I started training in the local park um, as well, like when things kind of opened up a little bit more. So, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I don't exactly like the grass um, okay. much for the track, but the track was closed. Uh, so we had to make do what we had. But yeah, I actually then when we went back to the track, I think it was in June, maybe the middle of June, I think that we got back to the track um, and I actually got injured about two weeks later. A stress reaction on my foot. I think it was kind of from the change of surface um, and all okay. that, because the track that we have in UL is quite hard. Uh, so that kind of put me out. There was, I think, there was like nationals and some kind of like you know low competitions around Ireland as well. But so I had to sit that one out. Um, and then I got back into it. Then in winter, when it, when everyone else was kind of coming back training as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, that kind of like the end of the lockdown kind of the summer that was kind of a bit annoying for me just having to rest my foot um but the depth of lockdown training it wasn't too bad i didn't mind training on the grass too much i roped in my sister to do my sessions with me so i had a bit of company
0: is she a runner
1: or uh not really she's she does like she she mainly does um football and hockey uh she used to do a bit more running than she does now she just does a bit now but um she's quite fit from all the from all the football, so she was useful for the longer runs, and she was doing the video and for the shorter ones.
0: <laughs> oh, very good. Do you do much video analysis of your training? And let's say post race, do you really kind of break down the different stages and your technique?
1: Yeah, we would, and um, especially for like our block sessions and our sprint sessions, we'd um, have someone videoing for them for us, and then we'd watch them back. But we wouldn't dwell on them too much. Like we'd kind of just watch them after training, and that would be it. Like you know what you have to kind of fix the next day, and same with the race like you'd watch the race after like maybe the next day or that evening um and just kind of go through it and see what you did right and see what Mm -hmm. could do with work for the next time and just go again and try and prove that
0: and do you find if you watch a race that you're not in like let's say for example the olympic final do you kind of find yourself watching the 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 uh the runners techniques and their tactics and do you kind of break that down or do you just enjoy the races that you watch as a spectator
1: I would just kind of just watch it to enjoy it I suppose like their techniques are all like literally like perfect anyways like so it's not like I'd be breaking it down being like oh god she can improve that like um yeah yeah i would be more so just watching it to enjoy it
0: okay fair enough yeah you're not going to text someone being like yeah you could actually work there on your 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 <laughs> your, your, your technique yeah yeah exactly In terms of recovery and kind of post race, what are the kind of different methods you use and how do you find maybe coming down off a race that maybe didn't go that well and then I know sometimes there's cameras there and trying to do interviews, like so that can get a bit frustrating sometimes.
1: Yeah, it can be hard sometimes. But um like mainly I just try to get protein in like and kinda eat straight after the race because, you know, throughout the warm up and then throughout the warm up the race and then like you know, getting back to your bag and stuff, it can be quite a while since you've last day So it's just kind of getting about getting food back into you and ice baths or physio um are kind of the main things that I go to. But yeah, in terms of the cameras, it can can be a bit like not ideal when you're meeting some at the finish line literally less than sixty yeah. seconds after you finish the race and they're asking you questions on how it went and, you know, it mightn't have gone well or you don't really know, like you haven't even seen it back yourself yet. So yeah, but I think it's just part and parcel with it. It's something that you have to get used to because they're always going to be there for the big races. Um, okay. So you get used to it, but yeah, it's definitely not easy Um, coming off the track and going straight into and, and straight after. Mm-hmm.
0: I know this year it was... Uh, sort of a disappointment you mentioned your hamstring injury but you signed with Puma talk us through that and um, kind of what that means for an individual like yourself because I suppose athletics in Ireland as you said sometimes the funding isn't there and the the travel and and all the training is quite expensive as well
1: Yeah I started off the year really well actually I equaled my PB for 60 metres in January so I was really happy with that and I was so excited for the season and then in my second race I was in the Czech Republic and I pulled my hamstring in the warm up. Um, the other hamstring. So I came home from that and I was rehabbing that, um, and it recovered quite quickly. It was only kind of a, a small strain, um, a grade one. So then I went to the European indoors, and then when I came back from that, I, me and my coach decided that we'd look for an agent to take kind of take over like my races and stuff because before that I had just been kind of contacting the race directors myself and okay. it's a lot easier for someone else to do because um it's kind of about who you know almost as opposed to like who you are oh well obviously okay. like once yeah. you're once you're like at that level like you're you know like a high level you're almost guaranteed but when you're just below that level it's not as easy to get into the races especially okay. when we don't have too many big races in Ireland so they're always broad and the home country is always allowed their athletes in the race so they okay. might be not as good as you but they're all they're always going to be in the race anyway so yeah yeah so I signed with a new agent and he was the one who got humor for me so yeah that was like huge for me I was so excited um and it just it's just nice to have someone who you know sees the potential in you and it takes kind of the financial burden off you um just you know like when you run well there's a reward as opposed to just you running well and you know, you have a big bill at the end of it, like as well, yes, you know, like yeah. that. Um so it's just nice to have someone supporting you, I guess. Um and yeah, just even I was talking about it, one of the girls there recently, um, having like a nice race kit to wear, you know, as opposed to going to like an international competition and you've all the girls and they're like and that's the few man, you're there in your club or your country kid. It's nice to have um, you know, a matching kit. And I think like how you feel when you're running actually makes a big difference on how you'll run
0: okay brilliant yeah I spotted your whoop there as well how do you find the I have oh, yeah. As well. yeah how do you find just kind of tracking all your sleep and training and heart rate and all that
1: yeah it's so interesting like I think um you can almost get like too sucked into it at times like because it's so yeah. interesting like that so I kind of have to like remind myself here come on like you can't like on the day of a race I won't look at my recovery because if I see my recovery is bad like I might feel okay. 100% perfect Yeah. Um, But if that tells me I'm bad, I'm like, oh God, Kira, come on. Like, you're actually going to do this. Like, so I won't look at it on a race day. Um, But yeah, it's so interesting. I think it's so helpful as well to see, like, if I'm not feeling good and I look at that and it tells me I'm not good on that either, you know, it tells me that I need to kind of take a step back, um, you know, that day or whatever.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense because from Chantie I kind of get the sense that with sprinting in particular like you're trying to balance reaching your peak but then trying to maintain a peak without going over and getting injured and unfortunately you've had a couple of hamstring injuries but you really have to like nearly push yourself to the max without sort of falling off is the is the understanding I I'm getting from it
1: Yeah exactly like I think both my hamstring injuries this year I think they've actually come from me being in such good shape that my hamstrings actually can't they're not ready for the speed that okay my, the rest of my body's able to go at mm-hmm. um like at the first time I pulled my hamstring I just equaled my personal best and like I didn't even feel like it was that good of a race like I was surprised at the time so I knew the next time like that it was going to be better and then yeah. that's in the warm-up when I pulled my hamstring so that I think that makes it even worse to be honest like because you're like yeah. I was literally in the shape for a PB um
0: yeah
1: and then it's the same in in june when i pulled my hamstring i think i'd done two races and i kind of was getting better each race and probably putting, putting my race together better as well um and then it happened again on the other side and it was a lot worse that time so yeah, yeah. it's just unfortunate but i think they, they make you learn as well like you need to you know um keep an eye on things like that and yeah um, just try not to go over the line i suppose
0: Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the sort of mental side of the sport if you could put it as sort of a percentage how much is running physical versus mental
1: um I'd say um 60 40 maybe 60 physical okay. 40 mental uh, you definitely need to have the, the physical physical side in shape to run but I think you can have all the physicality in the world and if you're not mentally like in the right place or yeah you know mentally strong that it's not going to go well for you so I think yeah definitely need to work on both and they both play such a huge part part in it um especially like if the race is so short like if you know you're not like in the right headspace at the start you're not going to have mm-hmm. a good start and the race is going to be over before you can even get started um so mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely something that you need to work on as, as well as the, the physical element
0: overall from all the ups and downs of your career I suppose what is your definition of success
1: I think for me it's being happy with with the results or you know with whatever it is Um, I think like over like over my career so far you learn like to actually enjoy the enjoy the moments as opposed to you know seeing your time on the clock and being like oh like you know not happy with it even though it actually might be like your second best ever or something like that and or you might have won what the people ahead of you were world class or that but I think for me like success definitely being happy and healthy um because if I'm happy with the race then that's a success for me um I know what I'm capable of as well so it's not like I'm going to be happy with something that's below par so yeah I think happy um success will be happy and healthy for me
0: Brilliant. Looking towards the future, um, what's the plan? What are the goals going forward? I suppose Paris is not that far away and usually it's a little bit longer than now, but what are you looking forward to over the next couple of years?
1: Uh, yeah, twenty twenty two is gonna be a big year um with the world indoors in March and then followed by the European Indoors and the World Europe European outdoors and world outdoors in the summer. So that's going to be a big year, um. So I'm really excited for that. So we'll definitely be aiming to qualify for all of them, and then yeah, 2023 will be about, you know, kind of getting points for the Olympic qualification, and then twenty twenty four will all be about Paris. So yeah, I'm very excited, um, for the next few years ahead. Um, I think like I'll be getting stronger and better as well. Like as you know, I'm twenty one now, so I'll be twenty four in Paris. So. Yeah, I'm just really excited to see how they go and um, hopefully I can get some kind of qualific- the qualification ball rolling early as opposed to just leaving it off to 2024.
0: I'm gonna wrap it up with the sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every podcast. Question one, what is your favorite quote?
1: Um, I think I was thinking a lot about this. I think um I think I literally narrowed down to two um, okay. that have kind of summed up like this year almost for me first one is what's meant to be will always find its way like that's something I keep reminding myself about like like you didn't get to Tokyo but you know you'll be there in 2024 and you obviously just weren't meant to be there this year and then another one is take the risk or lose the chance um I took a big risk to run the nationals in June I think it was end of June uh because I knew that if I didn't run that I wouldn't be going to going to the Olympics and like at the time I wasn't really sure how long I'd be out with the injury and we felt like we could run without doing more damage and if I had managed to run like half decent um I could have slipped on the plane to Tokyo and I would I might have been better you know the injury might have been better by the time Tokyo came around it wasn't meant to be but uh, yeah, yeah. So I took the risk anyways I didn't want to be left wondering like what if I had ran or what if I'd qualified would I been able to to go and all that so yeah those two those two have been at the forefront of my mind this year.
0: What was it like have watching Tokyo from home? Kind of knowing you did take the race, unfortunately you didn't get there. Did you find it hard to watch that because you had a chance of maybe going?
1: Yeah, um, I didn't watch much of it to be honest. Um, okay. I was kind of just yeah, like a, yeah. Normally I'd be glued to the TV, but this year okay. around, it was just a bit tough to watch. Um, bit of a bitter pill to swallow. So um, yeah, I was kind of just focusing on myself, focusing on my rehab, and using it as a bit of a motivator to. To get back stronger and better
0: brilliant and um, best sporting event you've been to
1: um i think it would have to be the european outdoors in 2018 yeah 2018. yeah it was in berlin and thomas Barr came third i don't know if you remember that but it was in the olympic stadium in berlin and there was I think 75 like thousand people there or something yeah we were there for the relay um so we were able to actually kind of enjoy a bit of it after the relay yeah, and even like before the relay because the relay wasn't until the end so we were able to go to the stadium and watch um, that was my first senior outdoor championship as well so I think that was just kind of showed me how big the stage actually was um, so it made me excited for the future and yeah it inspired me
0: Do you have any particular favourite race you've ran yourself?
1: Um, I think my favourite race that I've ran myself is probably National 2019 Outdoors um, okay. I ran my personal best there and it was kind of a big breakthrough like it was a big personal best for me um, I'd kind of been running like around 1150s for such a long time and then to finally drop to 1133 it was just huge because I knew that I had that in me I just needed it all to come together and it was such a nice day in Santry as well Sanctuary's so nice on the fun there so yeah that was probably my favorite race so far.
0: I'm interested in terms of um sort of medals versus PB. What what would you rather? Now, ideally you want both. But like, if it was a P, if you had the choice of a PB or a medal, what would you want?
1: Uh if it was an international medal, definitely a medal. But I think throughout the season, it's kind of funny because it changes a lot. Like at the end of the at the end of the season is always when the big competition is, so like there's when you want the medal. But throughout the season, then you want the personal best because you know there isn't actually medals throughout the year at all the international you know the european circuit races so uh yeah, yeah. overall probably a PV, but or a medal i mean but throughout the season a PV. very
0: good you wouldn't say no to it obviously yeah uh, Biggest biggest <laughs> yeah yeah uh, biggest setback or challenge so far in your career
1: definitely the hamstring this year um that's definitely been the biggest injury i've had is like, I think it's nearly four months ago now since I did it and I still am back to to running, like, properly. Um, so, yeah, definitely that this year has been such a challenge. And I think with COVID and everything just makes everything everything a little worse than with the Olympics being on too, which just hurt a little more. So that's definitely been the biggest challenge for me and um, probably taking the biggest toll on me as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of on the flip side then, a bit more positive, uh, your biggest achievement on or off the track?
1: I think my biggest achievement is definitely on the track. I haven't had too much big achievements off the track. Um, But I think probably the silver medal at the World Juniors with the relay um, and then individually probably be both the gold medal when I was EYOS in 2015 just because I was so young. That was was huge for me then and my only individual international medal to date. um, And then the 11.33 11.33 for me at nationals was huge as well that was a big breakthrough like in terms of time as opposed to actual achieve like you know um medal or achievement like that so i think yeah mm-hmm. they're the biggest so far hopefully there'll be more now in the coming future
0: <laughs> absolutely you're only 21 but looking back uh what advice would you give your 18 year old self
1: um i think it would be to just like keep the faith and trust the process um you know like when things don't go your way when you're young you might get easily like annoyed and just be like oh like I'm just gonna leave it like I don't like is it really worth all the hassle and and then definitely I think for me as well would be to just um enjoy the small moments because sometimes like you know if you if you win something you're like oh but my time wasn't good or like people in different countries are running way faster than me just enjoy the the small things like I remember my coach gave me a notepad I think it was actually around 2018 to be honest which gave me a notepad and it said on the front of it um enjoy the little things because one day you may look back and realize they were the big things and I think that's kind of stuck with me like to enjoy all the things along the way because when you're having a bad time like it's nice to look back and remember the things as opposed to just remembering that oh I didn't really celebrate that or I didn't enjoy it Um, even though it was you know a good achievement
0: That's lovely I love that little message at the start of the notebook that's so nice because I was listening to um Brian Gregan he was saying I think his friend told him where he does it now but he's like celebrate every PB like it's your last because it could be like a really small thing but you don't know like technically that could be your your the best PB you've ever gotten but celebrate the small things because when you look back eventually when you retire as you said that might be the biggest thing but you just didn't celebrate at the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I ran my indoor PB in 2017, um, so I was literally 17, I ran 7.30, and it was an equal national record at the time, but I think, like, I didn't celebrate it as much as I, like, not, not that you'd be celebrating, like, you know, yeah, too much, yeah. like, but I didn't enjoy it as much, like, I think because it was almost like a shock, like, I didn't actually know how good it was, like, and now, you know, I'm 21, and I still haven't broken the PB, like, so it just shows, like, to, you know, enjoy every PB, because... You never know when it's gonna come around again.
0: Do you think that resilience and like enjoyment that you spoke about are probably two of the biggest lessons you've learned from learned from sport? Or are there any other kind of standout lessons that you've kind of learned along the way?
1: I think, yeah, I like to talk like resilience and enjoying it definitely are two huge ones that I've learned along the way. I think another one is just like being confident in yourself. Um, like I run the best when like when I'm confident in myself and I know what I'm capable of, as opposed to the me just like not sure. You know, like I'm not sure how this is gonna go. Um, yeah. but yeah, like when it's hard to say, like enjoying it because, like I'll always enjoy it when it's going well, but it's hard to enjoy it when it's not going so well. I think so. I think it's just a balance of all of them, really.
0: Very good. Uh, final question, or no, second and last question. A uh, dream dinner guest and why, and you can pick a few for this one. I don't mind.
1: Um, I was thinking about this. Yeah, I think I would have to if I would pick one person I definitely would have to stick within the athletics um as opposed to going going elsewhere but I think it would have to be Alison Felix just because um she's just unreal and she's so much knowledge and experience I feel to share um like she's the most decorated I think track track women track and field athlete of all time in the Olympics mm-hmm. or something like that so I think five minutes of her would work would be worth worth a lot to hear what she has to say um so yeah I think I'd have to go with her.
0: Final question before I let you go. Uh, if your life was a book, what chapter would this be called?
1: The first thing that actually came to mind when I was thinking about this was a quote or like something that Hannah Montana said in the movie. <laughs> uh, like so <laughs> random. She said that life's a climb, but the view is great. So I think this this chapter would have to be called Life's a Climb just because of how tough everything's been. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully the next chapter can be called The View is Great. But we haven't quite got the view yet. But yeah, I think yeah. that's what I'd have to go with.
0: Brilliant. That's a great answer. Kira. Uh, look, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. I just want to wish you the very best of luck moving forward with everything both on and off the track. And yeah, just thanks a million for coming on.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: A massive thank you to Kira for joining me today. I'll be sure to leave all of our social media links below if you'd like to keep up with our journey. I just want to wish you the very best of luck moving forward. If you did enjoy the episode and you were listening on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review as it does help the show grow. Don't forget to check out the brand new website, theside.live.com for more. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.